Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Six Questions with the CMO brought to you by Brandwatch. My name is Martin Kelly. Today we're joined by Adeline Cole, Head of Marketing for the APAC region for Automation Anywhere. You're in for a real treat this week. Adeline takes you through her eclectic career, has some wonderful stories, and in- including one absolute cracker uh, about a fashion show that she was involved in. So I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Adeline, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, Martin. Great. Um, look, let's get to the first question. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Give me your, give me your bio. How come you're here? Sure. Um, my name is Adeline. It's pronounced as Adeline, French name. Um, I am an artist by nature, marketer by passion, and a mom by choice. Currently, I am with Automation Anywhere, heading up marketing in the Asia-Pacific region. Due to the nature of my role, it's really important for me to be updated with the latest and the greatest around the world, even outside of marketing. I'm really more of a right brain person, so I get a lot of information through digital news, as well as networking sessions, both in and out of the industry. Brilliant. Look, is there any podcast you listen to, blogs you read? Is there, is like, do you have a favorite, either marketing author or, you know, general business author or anything like that? Um, a lot of my favorite marketing inspirations comes from, you know, the people in my organizations, even after they have actually moved out of their organizations. I have a few, um, you know, CMOs whom I've actually worked for that continues to be, you know, my inspirations to not just my marketing career, but also my personal life. So um, I wouldn't say that there's a general, um, you know, person, you know, from the books or the podcast that I really follow to because getting to the real life inspirations is the most strongest motivation I have to follow them. No, look, I totally, I totally agree with that. Um, I've got a couple of marketers. One of them, um, and you'll, we'll have all heard um, Dan McDermott's uh, podcast was one of the the first that we published from from Mimecast. If you haven't listened to that, please go back and listen to it. It's an absolute cracker. Um, yeah, I got a. I, got a lot of time for Dan and his um I worked for Dan um, for a couple of years and he's certainly given me a huge amount of knowledge and then I am going to call out um a previous uh, marketing manager called Chris Harrick who um I worked with Chris for about four years still in contact with him um and yeah the the knowledge I get I got from him and I, both of them to this day I'll still drop a text to to get some advice and stuff so no that's brilliant so now we've done the first question um on it the second one. So what's your biggest market and success and what did you learn from it? This is a really good question. So success to me is not attaining perfection. Success really comes in all forms of, you know, and shapes. Tangibly, it can be dollar signs to the pipe in one campaign, or it can be the number of impressions you have garnered from a video. The first thing about getting success is defining what is success, aligning that to your execution objective and goals, collaborating with your teams, and most importantly, celebrate your success. I have worked in a variety of organizations where success is defined as having large influence to the pipeline, and I have 
also worked in organizations where success really means reaching milestones together as a team. Um, success often comes to me from my recognizing and acknowledging of my biggest failure. So I always ask myself, what could I have done better? I remember years ago when I first took up my first managerial position, I was struggling to handle four different portfolios as a team too. It was so demoralizing, especially when you are working 17 hours a day and you realize you are not translating into results. So when I stepped back and realized that, hey, I should have done some cleaning up and prioritization before anything, that's when the engine starts going and conversion starts to happen. Success to me also means the ability to bring people together to perform their best Take, for example, a music conductor. The directions of the baton is critical to bring the best of all instruments together. The successful delivery of the tune defines the success of the music conductor. This is what success is like to me, bringing out the best of the people around me. No, I look, I, I totally agree. And I think you've answered the, the both the, the biggest success and the biggest failure question. What I was going to say was... Um, I remember a, a lecturer many years ago at uni giving me the advice of don't judge a marketing campaign until you're there and you know the objectives of it. It's really easy to go. It's not worked. Um, I am a big fan of, you know, asking the additional question of, okay, so what happened then and what happened then? But I totally agree. It can purely be it's a brand recognition play. It's a, you know, it's a sales play. It's a top, bottom, middle of the funnel. All the all the buzzwords marketers like to use. But it's really easy to either say something's a success or a failure from far away rather than when you're, when you're in, in the, the midst of it. And then also the failure. And when I talked about Chris Harrick before, I'm going to call out him before, and I've mentioned him probably in every single podcast. Sorry, not mentioned him by name, but I've mentioned him as vice, which is, See if you're not failing. You're not trying anything new. You aren't, you know, you're not doing that. And from your your comment there, it's that taking a step back. It's working smarter, not harder. It's taking the step back and going, I can't do these five things, but I can do the three really well. So, yeah, I think that advice is absolutely, um, absolutely spot on. Next question. So we have we've combined two and three with the best success and failure. So we'll jump to question four now. What advice would you give to a twenty-four year old? Uh, sorry, a twenty-one year old marketer starting out. I love this question. Um, I've come a long way with learning, unlearning, relearning, and the words I have for any twenty-one year old marketer would be: there are and will not be a perfect occupation. And it will be an occupation with a passion you define through your own brand and deliver it in your role and responsibilities. So take advantage of this new digital world to connect and deliver it in your roles and responsibilities. Um, sorry, take advantage of this new digital world to connect to information and people. Um, a few days ago, my daughter was telling me she does not want to go for her rollerblading lesson because she was afraid of falling down. My answer to her was, don't be afraid of falling. Instead, think about how you are going to stand up after you fall down. So this is also what I've learned in life and in my 15 years of marketing career. Um, my words out there, falling down is not scary. Giving up is the scary one. 
So nothing is too tough if you put your will together to do it. Totally and utterly agree. And it is that take that leap of faith. Don't you know exactly what we said before in the in the failure question. Don't be don't be afraid to fail and don't be afraid to change. Um, advice we got on another um, podcast and I, I stand by this is. It's okay to, to change roles. It's okay to change industries, to change verticals. You know, for a young marketer, you know, try channel marketing, try field, try customer, try some some digital stuff. Though I must admit, I don't know if I don't think I think there's very few hardcore digital marketing roles because every marketing role has has a good chunk of digital uh, involved in it. But it, it, to me, yeah, your advice is spot on. It's don't be afraid to fail and just, I think, just try stuff. Like, take that leap of faith that you can, you know, you can jump off the cliff. So, yeah. Next question then. What do you think the biggest thing in marketing is going to be in the next 12 months? Marketing has never changed, in my opinion. It's the mindset of the marketers and the delivery mediums that has changed in terms of the consumption. So consistently 20 years ago, um, experience was delivered through the TV. Top shows were delivered at the golden hours, um, especially during dinner times. 20 years later, um, advertisements and video content are served to you in a customized experience where you get to consume data anytime, anywhere you want, through your favorite channel, or even through your favorite influenza. So customer experience has been the spotlight and will always be the consistent spotlight just with more stringent expectations from your brand consumers on how they want to consume content. Hence, it is even more critical to really listen to your customer intelligence and deliver the experience you expect, not only to attract new customers, but also to achieve high retention rate. Yeah, look, I think that's that's some some great advice. Um, if I'm going to paraphrase it, is that you know, do do the basics right. Like we're right. It's you know, fifty years ago, people were putting adverts on, giving a message. We're we're still doing the same thing. It's just in a in a different way. I do think you're you're you know again you're right about the the listening to customers, hearing what they're saying. You know, if you can do that that live brilliant if you can but you know what is their bug bears what's the thing that annoys them that's going to let them go across the road to that other shop or log on to that different website and it could be something really small we've all been there where that red button really annoys you or why wouldn't they put the red button in and <laughs> and you're like but i didn't even know and you're like yeah but we've lost x number of customers because somebody else just is a a really um easy way I know for myself, um, if it's, I'll generally try and choose a, a ride-sharing platform purely because all the receipts are automatically emailed to myself and I don't need to try and find them. And I know that's a really simple thing. Um, but to me, it's just nice. And, and that's one of the things that uh, that works for me. Um, so I think you're totally right. And it is that, just that, that listening to what people are saying. I'll also listen to what people are saying about consumers if you're the one with uh, the receipts and the opposition aren't, make sure that when somebody suggests getting rid of the receipts, you don't. I did hear a story and I've got no idea if it's true or not, but 
um, the person from Costco wanted to put the price up. I think it's the hot dogs are a dollar each. And the owner was like, we lose money on this and we don't care. And that's just part of the experience and let it go. No idea if that's true or not. And I really hope it is purely because it's just all it's all part of the um, experience. Um, look, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. We're on to our final question then. So tell us something people don't know about you. Interesting. So many people did not know that I had to work to provide for my own education after I turned 16. So back then, I had done different genres of jobs, um, events, admin, receptionist. But the job that I really like was being an entrepreneur. So I was one of those people riding on the digital wave when it started early 2000s. It was something that churned out from my passion and fashion that involved unlimited amount of hard work. Um, but the most intriguing part was learning with the world on how we can scale this digital space, not just to consume data, but making it a boundless platform to sell internationally. The climax of the business was having my own fashion designs shuttered down the middle of the central business district in Singapore and was graced by at least 10,000 people that day. So it was a really proud and unforgettable moment for me. Um, so I own my own digital fashion business for about four years until when I had to close it down to take care of my old age um, sick grandmother. But then again, this, um, you know, really impactful experience and, um, you know, this memory will stay with me forever. So hold on, hold on. <laughs> you didn't mention your biggest success was a fashion show visited by 10,000 people. Yeah. You, you've left that to the end? That That is um, a sensational story. Yeah. That is absolutely brilliant. I... I I really um, enjoyed my time being an entrepreneur, even though, to be honest, you know, like at the age of 17, I had to really, you know, think about my studies. But at the same time, you know, the thing that I really wanted to do was being an entrepreneur. I was a one man person. But I had to do, um, you know, really everything I could to make sure I power up my business to its maximum potential. So I was doing sales, I was doing marketing, I was doing business development, I was doing procurement, I was doing logistics. And really, it was the time of my life. And, um, you know, really just thinking back, it was a lot of um, also meeting like-minded people in the same industry, really inspiring peers, you know, trying to also grow their business we share ideas, we come together and we write and serve the digital wave together. It was just, um, you know, so much um, adrenaline back then that, yes, I had to leave it to the end of this podcast to tell you guys that. Do you know what I, lo I love about that? And it is that, and maybe I should change the question to what advice would you give the 17-year-old marketer? But I think... One of the things is, and I mean this as an absolute compliment to 17-year-olds, they don't expect it to fail, so they don't know what can go wrong. So they do to take the leap of faith. They do, and I am so inspired by that. I'm so inspired, you know, by the, like, 
you know, the 16-year-old or 17-year-old starting their own business online and and just hustling and trying different things. I know my uh, 16-year-old at one point was going to a school swimming day and bought a box of Coke and sold it to his friends. Um, and it was, it was one of those where he didn't know that he probably shouldn't have done that, but he made a couple of quid out of it and he was quite happy doing it. And I, I'm a massive fan of that. You know, the younger entrepreneur, as I said, they're the ones that will not just leap off, they'll take a run before leaping off the, the cliff. And they've also got nothing, almost nothing to lose, as long as they've got a bit of, of cash to back themselves up with it. And that is that's such an inspiring story. Um, look, thank you so much for your time today. I think everybody's going to absolutely love the, the, the podcast. So um, thanks a lot. I hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Six Questions with a CMO brought to you by Brandwatch. If you'd like to access other episodes of the podcast or gain insights into your brand, go to brandwatch.com slash CMO dash podcast. Thank you.